welcome to the Social Distance Podcast. Today's guest is a news editor based in Beijing, and we spoke on Tuesday, the 28th of April. Um, so where are you? So where am I now? I'm in Beijing. I'm in, in, a, um, in a shopping center called China World Mall in Beijing's Chaoyang District, the only high-risk area in China still when it comes to um, the COVID pandemic. So I guess I wanted to ask you, first of all, um, your impressions of how the pandemic itself looks from a Chinese perspective. The pandemic from a Chinese perspective, you know, it's it, it's changed over time. And, and look, I'm, I'm just judging from the outside based on conversations that I've had, um, that I've had with people around me, the people that I work with. And I recall in the early days when we first started to hear word late last year of this mystery pneumonia that was coming out of Wuhan, or that was being discovered, that was discovered in Wuhan and Hubei province. There was more of a fear and um, in the unknowing of what was actually coming out of there and certainly um, perhaps an apprehension but certainly no way an idea of actually how big and what it would turn what it what it would turn into uh, as time progressed um, i get a sense from my colleagues that certainly that fear grew and um, and that the there was really a growing sense of the seriousness of of the situation i don't i don't speak mandarin so i'm not able necessarily to read as much of the local press and to get as much of a sense of you know how the broader community is thinking but my feeling has been throughout that um, that people here have been have taken it very seriously from the start and that's I suspect in part the reason that when the restrictions were starting to put it being put in place in late January, that they were able to, um, that the authorities were able to persuade people to to adhere to them so quickly and and um, really rapidly um, for them to take effect. So throughout, there's been a sense that this is a very serious um, serious problem in the last few weeks. Certainly, as we as we've seen people re-emerge or start to re-emerge from the more intense period, you get a sense that people are relieved but still apprehensive about it. So so there's a, a feeling a bit more relaxed, but certainly still that sense of seriousness isn't gone. Mm -hmm. what, what's the sense of uh, the way that the debate around Ch China's role has been playing out in the Western media. I mean, do you have a sense of that from where you are? I do, but it's a difficult one because especially in the last little while, certainly the narrative here in political spheres and in the state media spheres, which is certainly they dominate the media sector, the narrative has shifted and, and those two have it's happened parallel. So more and more we're hearing talk and discussion about this idea that perhaps it didn't necessarily start here, that that maybe just because it was first, maybe because it was first discovered here doesn't necessarily mean that it originates here. So that's certainly become a dominant um, ele element in narrative, various narratives here. And especially since 
now the attention has also uh, shifted to what they're calling these imported cases. So there's a sense now that the domestic transmission here, the situation's been brought under control. Um, Wuhan has reopened. Um, the people hospitalized have been released. Hubei has reopened also. Now the fear is of these so-called imported cases. And uh, it uh, there's a sense that now the people are going to be bringing it from abroad, even though there are very heavy travel restrictions and many of the people who are coming back are Chinese nationals. But um, this, this fear has changed and certainly the narrative of about um, the outbreak not necessarily originating from here and it being a broader international problem fits with this new focus on these so-called imported cases or cases right. from abroad. Right. Um, what's Beijing like as a city in normal circumstances? You know, How would you describe it? Well, I came here, I came here mid-2019 and this was around the time of it was summer. It was, it was already quite hot, and my, these were my first impressions of Beijing when I got here. It was it, it was big and it's harsh, and it's um, it feels on a daily basis it feels overwhelming um, to live here at the best of times. And I remember thinking, you know, I feel I feel just just moving around the city and doing performing day to day tasks felt as if I'd honestly been run over by. Um, vehicles on the you know many cars <laughs> on these massive roads and then then trampled by a thousand people um after that but i don't know whether that's you know that that's a case of just being new to an environment like this or you know whether whether my view would have changed with time had um the coronavirus pandemic not um not broken out these days uh, it, it's still uh, those are still my impressions and that's still my experience but I guess everything has a shadow of this pandemic cast over it so everyday life feels a little bit surreal at times because we know that we are living well I know that I'm living not only in this new and different environment to myself but under very special circumstances so um Irrespective of the fact that things appear to be improving here, we still have some very tight restrictions on a day-to-day -day basis. Our compounds are locked and guarded, and we are required to have passes uh, that prove that we live in, in our com that I live in my compound, um, to actually be allowed into them. And I can't have guests. I can't have visitors to my uh, to my home. Uh, I can't travel outside of Beijing because, in part, work has work has asked that none of my colleagues or I go anywhere um, under the current circumstances without approval from management. Uh, there are very heavy travel restrictions in place for foreign nationals, including um, limited flights out of in and out of the country, and the fact that actually foreign nationals cannot return if they leave. Um, if we leave. Beijing, we're unable to return. So these days, there, there's um, just a whole lot of these restrictions that are still that that limit our movement, including going out to restaurants um, to eat. Um, limits in terms of the number of people that can sit together, how far away we can be from one another. Uh, limits on where we can enter, or based on whether or not we have a smartphone, it can show a pass that shows that we have no, we haven't been in contact with anyone who's had the uh, virus or haven't actually travelled. More importantly, outside mm -hmm. of the place, so. So it just feels really surreal because everything is controlled, everything is guided by these, by these restrictions, which I, I think for me also limits 
or in some in many ways colors my experience of being here so do you feel um do you feel you've been able to hold up okay like just personally uh, like what what are the the personal challenges for you in it because because you know i I've, I've had moments where i felt uh very, you know pretty isolated and other times where i've honestly felt uh glad of the breathing space in some ways you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean, and I'm and I'm thinking and reflecting now. I, I feel fatigued, honestly, by it all by now. I mean, we're having what we went through. So, the start really when things started um, heating up in late uh, January, and then going through this experience, and then watching the rest of the world go through it, and then indirectly being impacted on by what's happening in the rest of the world, while the conditions are changing here also and right now fatigued is the word that i would use mm -hmm. other days some days are better than others i remember february was really difficult and that was when the streets became empty i mean it was the chinese new year period anyway so i'm told that many people leave the city but even the locals said that um they'd never seen the city so empty. So I really struggled with the empty streets. I really struggled, honestly, with the lack of noise surrounding me. Uh, I struggled I struggled with the empty subways and going to work. I, I struggled, especially I had to spend about 14 days in self-isolation because I had traveled to Shanghai during the holiday. And as soon as I came back, all these new rules came into place that anyone who had left Beijing would have to self-isolate. And this was before it had started anywhere else. Right. So I really struggled with that. I, I, I need to be around people to a certain extent. And I struggled with the closed shops and not having... Um, not having anywhere to go out for a bit of a break, just to even be around strangers. I remember there was one day and I, where I cheekily left my apartment during self-isolation. Uh, and, and I should just say that my self-isolation was instructed by my work and not by, my, not by the municipal authority. So certainly it was a more lax version than what would come later. But I remember just wanting to have a glass of wine and my shopping center was closed and the supermarket was closed and you had these armed men guarding this closed dark shopping center. I couldn't find a store that was open. And I think I crossed to the almost to the other side of a city to find just a place that was open where I could sit down and have a glass of wine. And I ended up far you know, quite a few kilometers away from my work. I found a hotel that had a cafe that was open. So its main bar was closed, but I found a hotel that had a cafe open. And it was me and two wait staff and one chef. And I ordered this three-course meal and a few glasses of wine. And then I went home. And that was that. And it was such a, it was such a relief for me, uh, just a break from the isolation, even though I didn't speak the language that these people spoke. They're complete strangers to me. But I don't know. I don't know if that gives you a sense, really. I, I really struggled throughout February with, with the isolation, too. Well, it's, it's interesting that... The, um, the <laughs> The description you, you you give there sounds like um, I don't know trying to trying to buy something from a shop on a Sunday in the in the the west of Scotland sometimes in the far west of Scotland <laughs> where they'd be closed on a Sunday because of religious reasons and you'd be thinking I remember getting stranded there once with my friend when we were on a camping trip and we didn't realise and that suddenly we got to Sunday and we were like we'll just go get a loaf from the shop and there was nothing <laughs> like nothing so. <laughs> um, so, but it is kind of interesting the um, the phases of this experience, right? 
I mean, yeah. you know, there's a, um, f- for me anyway, I, I, there, there are certain days that I could break them down almost minute by minute that my, that my mood changes and other days where there's a kind of broad sweep where I'm feeling just fine, you know. Um, and I guess that's just part of, I mean, that's part of everyday life anyway. So <laughs> um, It is, but I'm just thinking, you know, I, uh, now that you bring that up, I remember, you know, I'd, um, I'd go outside and I'd take these photos of what helped me. Um, I'd take these photos of the city and just the emptiness of the city. And what helped me was being able to get onto social media, onto Facebook, and I'd be posting these photos for my friends and my family to see and just saying, I'm so fascinated to be here, which which is also true. So setting aside everything else that I've said, I am fascinated by everything that's going on around me here. So I put these photos up and I just felt maybe if I maybe if I presented it this way to to the people who are closest to me, there'd be some conversation about what's going on, but then you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry anyone about what's going on and I wouldn't you know I wouldn't raise any panic about what's going on but then they'd have a sense of they'd have a sense of what's happening here and maybe you know I'd have a chance to tell someone about it so mm-hmm. yeah some days were some days were more that way and other and other days were yeah the other days <laughs> <laughs> so what sense of you is it possible to have a clear sense of how things are going to pan out over the next month then for instance, there, um, I, you know, have, have you been given sort of clear guidelines like, OK, three weeks from now, we're going to do this. A week after that, we're going to give this a go. Or is it very much sort of ad hoc? It may be it may not be ad hoc to people who speak the language uh, and who may be slightly more informed about what's going on. But I rely on different sources, everything from my my bosses at work to English language publications to you know just what filters through through friends um, and people that I know here it's not it it hasn't at all been possible to get that level of information or that kind of specific information and sometimes things just change at a moment's notice you know I mean it was was last weekend or the weekend before that um, the district that I live in Chaoyang was declared the only high-risk area in the whole of China, and and that happened overnight, and or, or you know that happened on a weekend, and next thing you know, all of these measures are coming back into place, restrictions, you know, these barriers are going up around shopping centres, and parts of the city are being closed off, and the restaurants are becoming stricter again, and, and the um, uh, the gate or the guards at the compound gates are becoming stricter again about monitoring temperature and uh, again checking the passes so um, in terms of some sort of forward planning or having a sense of the direction of things it's virtually impossible but it's just not done here also this isn't necessarily a place where information is readily given even um, even to the local people I think that that's common knowledge so it is a bit difficult because we really hang on um, hang on to every bit of information here as foreigners and um, and, and, and a lot of it seems to be quite ad hoc, ad hoc or abrupt, or at least delivered in such a way. I should say. <laughs> <laughs> going to get into trouble for saying that. <laughs> uh, it seems seems fairly mild. Uh, um, so it's uh, we're speaking. It's uh, April the twentieth, and um, so um, I guess the the last thing I'd want to ask you would be like, I, I, do you feel? Do you feel in robust, in a robust state of mind at this point? I mean, do you feel like your things are, things are starting to ease up a bit? 
In one way, yes, but I'd like to see I'd like to see some of these. I think I'll only be convinced once I start to see some of these more serious restrictions being lifted um, when work is no longer asking me not to travel anywhere without permission or when I'm not required to use five different apps to prove that I haven't left the country in three or four months or you know when I'm not being asked where I came from just to enter the bank and which country I'm from uh, when I'm you know when I can go out with more friends when I can sit with more than two friends at a, at a table in a restaurant or when I can have friends over uh, when when I don't have to worry about standing a meter away from someone else in public and I think that's when I personally will have more of a more confidence in in things turning for the better here I do I'm not blind to the fact that yes many people have returned to work and the streets are, and the roads are full and um, there's certainly a lot of what you know a lot of what wasn't happening in the most acute period is now happening again and we can um, certainly visually there's a sense that things are returning to normal we can go back to the parks um, and go outside and um, I remember actually a few weeks ago just that the sheer joy of being of being able to go out to a park and fly a kite with friends and and you know and maybe temporarily t take the mask off your face uh, even though you're in a public place and enjoy enjoy being outside so I, I do recognize these things and I'm not blind to the fact that this is happening and it is a step in the right direction but I think I will really be confident that, that things are easing up that the situation isn't as serious when some of these other restrictions on movement begin to be lifted yeah. well thanks for taking the time to, to chat to me thank you Dominic for having me today's guest is a news editor based in Beijing, China.